You're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. This episode is sponsored by Nestle Health Science, makers of Peptamin. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to examine peptide-based nutrition for patients with compromised gastrointestinal function is Dr. Osman Mohamed El-Fadl. Dr. El-Fadl is a senior research fellow in the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, Metabolism, and Nutrition at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and has a special research interest in peptide-based diets. Dr. El-Fadl, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Turk. Thank you for having me. So if we start with some background, Dr. Alfadal, would you tell us how food allergies and malabsorptive conditions may impact patients? Malabsorptive conditions essentially limit the absorption of micro and micronutrients. In other words, limit the benefit out of food that we consume. But let me expand this a little bit to share with you some other disease processes that we think it cause GI compromise and impact patients. We have looked into our prospectively maintained large data set, including more than 1,500 patients, trying to figure out what are the disease processes for patients receiving nutrition care in our program, and we're able to identify number of GI compromising conditions. In fact, in our center, three in five patients receiving nutrition have cancer, including GI cancers, but we are also able to identify other GI compromising conditions like liver or pancreatic diseases, mucosal diseases, gastrointestinal dysmotility, bowel obstruction, eating disorders, and short bowel syndrome. And how do we currently approach providing nutritional care for these GI-compromised patients? This is a great question. I always remember that what I was told by my mentors to consider using the gut as far as it still can be used. And this for a number of reasons, including physiological and immunological benefits of continuing to use the gut. We know using the gut will improve microbiome, enhance benefits in gut integrity, as well as cost benefit when we compare the cost of tube feeding to parental nutrition, for example. However, how we approach providing nutrition care in our center is like, We typically sit with patients, discuss options we have, including plan of management and the need for nutrition therapy support. For example, if we need like tube feeding, we'll be talking to patients about placement of tube. And in our practice, feeding tubes are placed by different services, including interventional radiology, gastroenterology, as well as surgery. The next step will be to discuss the choice for the entered formula. The last piece of discussion we'll have with patients is providing them with needed education about nutrition therapy they are receiving, the regimen that will be prescribed to them, and essentially what symptoms to look for and how to report back to us. So if we zero in on peptide-based formulations in nutritional care, how do they work to improve GI tolerance? I will just mention two major differences between peptide-based formulations and standard formulas. A is that peptide-based contain mostly oligopeptides, form of diantripeptides, versus intact proteins in form of polypeptides, typically in standard formulas. The other major difference is the oil content of both formulas. In peptide base, we have more of a medium-chain triglyceride, while we have more of long-chain triglycerides in standard formulas. These two differences are actually key for why we think peptide-based formulas are better tolerated, because we know oligopeptides are more easily and rapidly 
passively digested as well as um, medium chain triglycerides easily and rapidly digested too because they don't necessarily need the complex lipolysis and emulsification processes that's required to digest long chain triglycerides. As a follow-up to that, which of our patients might benefit from peptide-based formulations? Well, I think every patient who is intolerant to standard formula may benefit from a trial of peptide-based formulations. We have learned from different research and data published that peptide-based formulation was used in different settings, including critical care in patient and home settings. And we also know that uh, these formulas were used in a wide range of age groups in pediatrics as well as adults. So any patient who's intolerant to standard formulas may benefit from transitioning to these formulations. But then the question will be whether we know some groups who have higher incidence of enteral feeding intolerance and From one of our recent projects, we were able to look at large pool of internutrition recipients, including around 1,600 patients. And we noted that patients with gastrointestinal dysmotility, as well as patients with neurodegenerative diseases, have significantly higher incidence of interfeeding intolerance. We also noted that in patients that require nutrition therapy after bariatric surgery, at least one in three of them will struggle with tolerating internutrition when required. So I find it useful to also have an idea of who may actually develop internutrition intolerance. But as general concept, everyone who is intolerant may benefit from peptide-based formulations. For those who's tuning in, you're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Dr. Osman Mohamed El-Fadl about peptide-based formulations in patients with compromised gastrointestinal function. So Dr. Alfaro, let's switch gears here a bit and take a look at some of the latest data on peptide-based nutrition. What could you tell us about recent key findings from clinical trials? Absolutely. And unfortunately, we don't have too many randomized controlled trials when it comes to peptide-based formulations, but we have a number of retrospective reviews that I would like to break down into three major categories. A is inpatient critical care, and B is home internal nutrition, and then C, a special concern about cost of peptide-based formulation and how that was looked at and evaluated in studies. So in terms of inpatient critical care settings, we have number of reviews that have looked at patients with different conditions, including post-major abdominal surgery, acute pancreatitis, acute GI injury, as well as HIV-related malnutrition. And in all these reviews, peptide-based formulas were better tolerated and helped achieve favorable nutrition outcomes. In terms of home internutrition, our group have done a number of studies looking at different populations, including adults, as well as children receiving internutrition. And we noted that with transition to peptide-based formula in those who are intolerant to standard formulas, there was significant reduction in enteral feeding intolerance symptoms. But what I find more fascinating that we also noted that the transition to peptide-based formulas 
was actually associated with significant reduction in healthcare utilization. Things like number of phone calls patients will make to report adverse symptoms or extra visits to their providers, as well as visits to the emergency department. And we think this significant reduction in healthcare utilization can be translated into reduction in cost. The last set of data that I will highlight is the research that's conducted to examine the cost because cost has been always a concern with this peptide-based formulations being more expensive than standard formulas. And we know from some studies based on insurance claim that overall use of peptide-based formulas in those who are intolerant for enteral feeding is actually cost-effective. One cost-consequence model actually suggested that if we are able to reduce enteral feeding intolerance by 7% of what we have now in critical care settings, that will lead to overall reduction in cost that will make this approach cost-effective. And before we close, I'd like to see if you had any final comments you'd like to leave with our audience today. My takeaway message will be that enteral feeding intolerance is not uncommon. We do see it as a challenge. We don't know the best approach to address it, but we have growing data suggest that use of peptide-based formulations may be of help. As we come to a close, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Osman Mohamed El-Fadl, for joining me to discuss the role of peptide-based nutrition in GI-compromised patient populations. Dr. El-Fadl, it was great having you on the program. Thank you for having me. This episode of Clinician's Roundtable was sponsored by Nestle Health Science, makers of Peptamin. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash clinician's roundtable, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.